0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Pre-repeared my ma'am. count. Seven six
1: five four three two
0: roll A fade up on A. To the to that you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
2: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander. We're broadcasting from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, and we're glad you're with us. Final uh, Eagle Hour before Christmas. We'll be having a repeat tomorrow of our extended interview with head football coach uh, Will Hall on the show tomorrow. And uh, we'll be back with you live Monday. We're going to end things up. But first all, I want to say thanks to Dickie's Barbecue for their support of the Eagle Hour. Uh, Merry Christmas to all the guys at Dickie's, and I uh, hope that you can find time to grab yourself a delicious meal there uh, over the Christmas holiday, and we think that you will definitely enjoy it. want to finish up the week uh, by bringing on Rick Cleveland on the Eagle Hour, the dean of sports writers in the state of Mississippi, and uh, probably no more knowledgeable human being alive today about Mississippi sports than our guest. Rick, how are you?
3: I'm doing fine.
2: How are you guys? Good, man. Merry Christmas to you. Same to you. So here we are at the end of the year, Rick. I just got one week left and I asked you to come on. Uh, you were gracious enough to do it and got a lot of things to ask you about, but I'm going to ask you a simple question to start out. What was the biggest sports story of the year, 2021, in the state of Mississippi?
3: Uh, I'd have to go with Mississippi State winning the National Baseball Championship. Uh, you know, I've been I've been riding sports in Mississippi for uh, well over fifty years, and and that's the first Division One uh, team sport championship that I've ever covered. Hmm. So, without question, that that would be my choice for the number one.
2: And the, and, the, the and the truth is, you know, they've been there a lot. I know many years back that I think they got to maybe third or fourth place in the series. They've certainly gone there. I think it's fair to say that they they are the bell cow uh, college baseball program in a college rich state. But what was different about this team? Was it just the, you know, the right chemistry at the right time? What What do you think carried them all away?
3: Yeah, definitely. That's it. I mean, Mississippi State has had better baseball teams than that. Just like Southern Miss had had better baseball teams than the one in uh, 2009, I believe it was. That's right, right? Right, that's right. 2009 College World Series. I mean, Southern Miss has had better baseball teams than that. Uh, College baseball, or or just baseball, really, you could see it with the Braves this year in, in Major League Baseball. It's all about getting hot at the right time. Uh, and Mississippi State did that, pitching, hitting, fielding. You know, they played that whole college World series, uh, like, seven, eight games without committing a single error. Uh, you know, and they were team that early in the season was having all sorts of infield uh, uh-huh. errors, problems, and you know, they had guys that came off the bench that hadn't played that much who really came through at Omaha. Uh, uh, the pitching was good. It was, uh, and plus, I had never seen at any sporting event ever I've been to where a neutral site sporting event where one team's crowd just took over the city like state people did in Omaha.
1: Rick, this is uh, Kelly Sander. Uh, happy uh, yeah. Merry, Merry Christmas to you, buddy! Again, um, you too. Real quick, I want to ask. I want to ask where this fits in because I just got back from Atlanta this weekend and was staying at the same hotel with uh, the Jackson State Tigers. Uh, and what has happened? What What Dion Sanders has done in whatever period of time? They sold out the the Mercedes Benz Dome. I think dare say the only bowl game you know prior to the national championship games that are, that are going to be that was is sold out. An amazing fervor among that, that fan base. I, I've never seen fans so fired up for a bowl game. Where would you rank what Deion Sanders has been able to do at Jackson State? Um Where where would well,
3: that be? Yeah, that would be second for this past year. I mean if State hadn't won the national championship, I'd probably have hit number one. But but uh yeah, that that's definitely the thing about uh I won't get back to state in a minute, but the thing about Jackson state is people forget how rabid their following used to be. I mean, when WC Gordon was the head coach and they were winning the swag every year, uh, they were selling out Memorial stadium. They were, they were playing before 55, 60,000 people at Memorial stadium. Um, and, and then they've been through some really, really bad years and uh by Jackson state standards and uh you know this it's like uh, what's the old saying about a sleeping giant awaken you know right but and and it really did you know i i think by the same token when when will Hall gets it going at southern miss and i I really believe he will, you may see the same type. Thing where you get back to the, you know, the kind of crowds that you had in the Bobby Collins and Jeff Bauer uh, years. I mean, I, I think that's what we'll
1: see. Yeah, I, I was just amazed. I was absolutely amazed, blown away how the entire city of Atlanta, Jackson State, you know, everywhere. well,
2: another thing that's easy to forget about Jackson State, Rick, is that through the years, back in back in their glory days, they put a ton of guys in the NFL. They had really high caliber players.
3: Yeah, well, that was back before widespread integration. I remember riding with Bud Holmes when he was Walter Payton's agent up to senior day at, at Jackson State. And they would have, uh, well, that day, the NFL scouts were interested in 21 different players, <laughs> which was all, you know, and they were all seniors. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, all, all these. Uh, I mean, guys that used to be playing at Jackson State and Allcorn are now playing for Mississippi State, Old Miss, Southern Miss. I mean, they're, they're grandchildren really is what we're seeing. Right. And uh, the talent was unbelievable. They had two of the first five picks in the draft were Walter Payton and, and Robert Brazil. And uh, and that and that and it went much deeper than that. I tell you how deep Jackson State was back then. It's Wilbert Montgomery
2: from Greenville, Mississippi.
3: Guy from Greenville came in the same year Walter did, and he took one look at the running back situation and, and figured they but one football. I'm 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 gonna find me another place to play. And he <laughs> went to Abilene Christian and became one of the. Uh, I think he became the all time uh, leading score. In um, Division Two
1: football history, while he
2: was there, and had a great career in the NFL. Well, he played for the, he played for, yeah. the, for the Eagles, Bob. Which played for Philadelphia. Which you hate yeah. that? I
0: don't like that part of it. <laughs> All right,
2: let's yeah. get in here with uh, Rick Cleveland.
0: Rick, we got a bone to pick with you, and uh, it, it's a good bone though. Uh, Southern Miss had several Greenville Christian commits. Until the uh, the dean of sports writing in the state of Mississippi published his article, and then I think the world found out about Greenville Christian. And uh, you know, down down the line, some of those kids have had better opportunities. We say that in jest, but where does Greenville Christian rank this year uh, in in Mississippi sports news?
3: Well, it was my well, I I put it right in there. Where Mississippi State is my favorite thing that I wrote about on a regular basis. Uh, and the best football game I saw all year was uh, Greenville Christian and Oak Grove, without question. Um, I don't know if either, if, if either of y'all might have seen that game, but it was just amazing.
0: I got to see the last uh, five minutes or so we finished up our, the game that we call here on Super Tall Laurel. But, but yeah, I mean, you look at that team, their only loss was against the number 17 in the nation from what from what those kids have facility-wise, uh, it, it was a pretty remarkable story, and it was very inspirational for that. What it that really
3: was. It really was. And, you know, 20, 20 of their 22 seniors uh, are going to sign or have signed, actually, uh, either uh, four-year college
2: scholarships. 20 of okay. 22?
3: Twenty of twenty-two. You don't see that at Madison Central or anywhere, or, or anywhere. And they—it wasn't just just the stars that were were good football players. They had—I I don't think I ever mentioned an offensive or defensive lineman in any of the stuff I wrote, but they were plenty good. You know, they were really good and. The best player in the state that I saw was one of the ones that you said was committed to Southern Miss earlier, Chris uh, Christopher Bell, Chris Bell, who I think is going to be a, a, a big time NFL player. He's a wide receiver, kind of in the mold of uh, of the one uh, I'm having a senior moment, AJ AJ Brown that played it. Old Miss, uh, yeah, Old Miss, and then now is that we're the Tennessee Titans. All right, big, big body, really good speed. Uh, um, after he catches the ball, is when your work really starts because you got to bring him down, and and um, not many high school players could.
2: All right, Rick, hang on. We're going to take a quick yeah. break. Uh, we've got Rick Cleveland on the phone with us. When we come back, we're going to ask Rick about basketball and then upcoming baseball here at Southern Miss his thoughts about that. The Eagle Hour continues with Rick Cleveland. Last show of the uh, Christmas week. Stay with us.
0: Southern Miss to the top.
2: Hey, glad you're with us this afternoon around the Super Talk Network, online wherever you're tuned in. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Kathleen and the staff at Campus Bookmart for sponsoring us all year. And of course, there's a couple of days left for Christmas shopping. If there's a Golden Eagle on your list, and there's no doubt, if you haven't been to Campus Bookmark, that needs to be high on your priority list because they'll have the best selection of Christmas merchandise with the Southern Miss logo. You'll find anywhere in the planet. We're talking to Rick Cleveland, Dean of sports writers here in the state of Mississippi. I want to switch gears just a little bit with you, Rick. We've got you for one more segment. Uh, we're in basketball season now. We're headed to baseball season. You can you can almost smell baseball getting started. Here in Hattiesburg, to be honest, it's kind of a tale of two cities right now. The basketball program really struggling. Huge expectations uh, for the baseball program uh, your thoughts on the status of basketball and baseball here in Hattiesburg?
3: Well, you know, and, and a lot of people aren't going to want to hear this, but that, that Southern Miss basketball job is a really, really difficult job right now. I don't. I mean, it's. I it, I don't know how you turn it around. I mean, Donnie Kendall had it going there for a minute, and uh, but it turned out. You know, he wasn't doing it the right way, for sure. Uh, and, I, you know, they're about where I thought they would be. Uh, they lost a really tough game. They could have won yesterday. It really hurt them when uh, Tay Hardy uh, was lost for the season. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 a, it's a really tough job. Uh, if they play like they did yesterday in the league, when the when the league starts, I think they'll win a bunch of games mostly mostly home games but mm-hmm. uh yeah it's a tough, tough job um uh, and uh I know nobody wants to to make it happen more than jay Ladner and uh you know, I hope somehow he can but it's it's really tough to get players to come in there right now,
2: All right right. Well, that's not, that's not the case with Scott Berry's program, is it? Uh, Scott's uh, riding a pretty big wave right now.
3: No, he sure is, and he does a great job. And, uh, and, and Southern Miss is a good spot for baseball because uh, base, high school baseball in the surrounding area, and I'm not just talking about South Mississippi, but I'm talking about Louisiana, Alabama, and, uh, Northwest Florida, it's it probably as good as it is anywhere in the country, and uh, Scott's done. A, Scott and all his assistants, not just the ones there, but the ones he's had since he's been there, and it goes back to good old Corky Palmer too. Um, they just have got a thing going, and kids want to come be a part of it. Right, Luke, and I, I, I'm worried about you know the one thing I worried about is his replacing the center fielder from last season because, boy, good
2: yeah. goodness. He, he was pretty was dynamic, really wasn't he? Pretty if dynamic. He,
3: if, if he had not caught fire at the end of the year, <laughs> the year it's double-edged sword in baseball, as y'all know. Uh, he caught fire uh, and was lights out for the last month and then, the, uh, and it, and then in the postseason and so now you
0: don't
3: have it. No. And uh, that, that's
0: a pretty big hole in the in the lineup. Yep. Luke? Yeah, replacing Reed Trimble will be tough. Never fear Rick. Gabe Montenegro returns for his 29th season at Southern Miss, and I think he's <laughs> going to play um, center field. We we really hadn't talked to you uh, to to get uh, the, your opinion on the transition to the Sun Belt, and I would assume that you uh, think that's a very positive thing. But you can't go into detail about – uh, your thoughts about Southern Mist transitioning and possibly transitioning within the next uh, six to seven months of the Sun Belt.
3: Well I certainly hope that happens. You know, I've written a lot over the last uh oh, well, five years about the need for Southern Mist to to move on from Conference USA. I just it 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 it, it wasn't working. Uh it was a great league to be in when Tulane and Memphis and East Carolina and uh, some teams like that, Houston, were in it. Uh, now, I, I think when when those teams left, they went about replacing them the wrong way. They uh, they went they tried to go big markets with, you know, uh, Florida Atlantic, Florida International. Uh, UT, San Antonio, and they are big markets, but they don't control the TV in those markets. I mean, people in Miami aren't switching the channel to, uh, or South Florida aren't switching the channel away from the Gators or the Seminoles to watch, you know. <laughs> they're just, it's just not happening. And uh, I like the idea of playing in a, in a much more regionally compact, conference where fans can go to the games, even the road games, uh, you can develop natural rivalries. And frankly, the Sunbelt Conference is better in football than than Conference USA, I think. I I wish Louisiana Tech could come with it. I wish they were part of the deal, but unfortunately they're not.
1: And I've heard some Southern Miss fans go so far... Um, Rick Cleveland is to say that if, if Southern Miss had a Mount Rushmore that Jeremy McLean's face should be on it simply because of that move to the Sun Belt. Is it that impactful? Do you think it will be that impactful?
3: Well, I think we have to wait and see, but I, I do think this. I think Jeremy's doing a, a, just a really, really good job there uh, in all facets of it. Uh, and I I, I think without question, moving to the Sun Belt was the best thing Southern Miss could do at this at this time. I mean, can you imagine? Let's take – I mean, football is obvious, but let's go to baseball. Can you imagine weekend series with, uh, like,
0: Louisiana,
3: Louisiana Lafayette and in, in Hattiesburg or down in Lafayette, what the crowds would be like, or South Alabama, what the crowds would be like?
2: Um, no question.
1: I just, I, just,
3: I think it's going to be terrific. Coastal
1: Carolina is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
3: that's a pretty good trip. But, no, it is. You're but, right. Uh, it's also a nice destination.
2: So. Well, but another growing program in the Sun Belt in baseball is Monroe. I mean, I don't think there's any question that Federica's really improved that and, baseball. And program. a
1: beautiful new facility they're getting there too right. on the campus right. uh, at Monroe. Yeah, yeah I just, a I, positive I hope, in every way.
3: And, I hope Scott and Jeremy and I'm I'm pretty sure they will. We'll continue a, a, a series with Louisiana Tech because that had gotten to be uh, not only really good baseball, but a hell of a rivalry. You know?
2: Yeah, no uh, question.
3: I, I, I really, really like that series. Um, well, well, it helped by have,
2: playing them 37 I, times last year, right, Rick? <laughs> yeah,
3: well, how many times was it? It ended up.
2: Being, it was crazy. It was home it
3: was and away, four game series, and then twice in the tournament they played. Yeah. Ten.
2: Ten or eleven Ten times, times they played yeah. during the course of, and the season.
3: almost every one of them was a great game.
2: Yeah. So, a uh, final question that uh, we're in store, I would, I would think, for another great baseball season here in the state of Mississippi.
3: Well, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Ole Miss is ranked in the top three or four in the country. States, obviously, the defending national champion, and i you know, Scott's going to be good. Scott's going to be good every year. Um, and I know they think they did a really good job recruiting. And, uh, yeah, it should be. I know he's got more arms. Uh, I think the last time I talked to him, he had seven or eight guys who were hitting 95 or above regularly. Mm
1: -hmm. And
3: that's that's, that's pretty stout right there.
1: Yeah, and everybody needs to understand, too, if they don't know. And most of our listeners do understand baseball, but it begins and ends with pitching
2: and the depth in pitching
1: if you don't have the arms buddy i don't care what you've got around you you have no chance of winning I've the big I've
2: always one. believed that's the only thing that really separates the teams that are in the world series every year over overall and the next 25 teams in the country is the depth of their pitching staffs so i think from position players they're probably all pretty equal would you agree with that rick it's, it's, it's the depth in pitching
3: well, I think except for the elite schools, the Vanderbilts, uh, Mississippi State is one. Uh, I, I think I think their their overall talent in the field may be uh, maybe a notch above. But the pitching is yeah. You know, there's no question. Pitching is the biggest thing. I'm anxious to see the little Montenegro. The catcher.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, we got I'm the hearing,
1: Gabe I'm hearing really good things about him. Yeah, Gabe's grandson.
2: <laughs> he's on the team, yeah. He's on the team. Hey, Rick. Unfortunately, we're out of time, but I want to thank you very much for coming on our show. I want to say Merry Christmas, and I want to give you a quick opportunity for those people that may not know where can they find your writing today.
3: Uh, you find it at Today dot org.
2: Okay, and you're um, writing and I, every I, week.
3: Yeah, two or three every week. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, I think the, the, the uh, Pine Belt. The weekly paper there picks up some columns. Uh, I know they were doing it every week there for a while. I don't know what they're doing now, but 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 uh, I like that little newspaper. I'm, I'm glad Hattiesburg has
0: it. There we go. Well, we're glad we've got you. They, they actually cover Southern
2: Miss. We're glad <laughs> we've got you, and we appreciate you coming on the show. Merry Christmas to you and your family, Rick. You, you too. Y'all take
1: care. Bye-bye.
2: Rick Cleveland, everybody. Dana Sports Riders in Mississippi.
1: Kyle Roan, assistant men's basketball coach, will join us on the Eagle Hour to talk about that tough loss yesterday to East Carolina. And the Eagles get ready for conference play now, December 30th. Western Kentucky comes to town. We'll talk with Kyle Roan in just a moment.
0: The Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
2: I want to remind you that our recent visit uh, with the head football coach uh, will be on the show tomorrow as we're all going to take a couple of days off. Christmas music all day Friday on all the Super Talk stations. So we hope that. uh, You'll enjoy that. 4th Street Bar & Grill sponsors the third segment of the Eagle Hour, and I guarantee they'll be rocking all weekend long.
1: And they're actually open on Christmas Day, Bob. Christmas Day at 4 o'clock. Well, there you go. And I hear tell it is the biggest day for them of the year. I'm
2: sure there'll be a ball game on, and uh, people can uh, enjoy that. So I want to thank 4th Street Bar & Grill, Great 895 plate lunch every day. We've been down there several times throughout the year, and we're always happy to come back, always happy to uh, have members of the basketball staff on the Eagle Hour today. Assistant Coach Kyle Roan joins us, and uh, a tough loss uh, over the week. But you guys get a little break. We were talking uh, talking yesterday about the one point loss out at East Carolina. Coach, uh, uh, was I right in assuming that this break may come at a good time?
4: Yeah, first of, first of all, thanks for thanks for having us, and uh, uh, obviously a tough one uh, uh, at East Carolina yesterday, but uh honestly yes probably to, i'd have to agree with your 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 statement about the break and uh kind of gives us a gives us a chance to uh number one enjoy just a little bit of time it's uh you know the season is a grind and i, I hate to i think that word's overused i hate to use it but the season is is, is tough and it's long and it's spread over a uh, several months, and in, in an academic world, two semesters. So uh, it, it helps to get our guys uh, a little break. Uh, actually, I'm a proponent for NCAA, just demanding a certain amount of dead period, but that's my opinion there. But, I, but you know, we Coach is a very family-oriented guy, so he values uh, our guys getting to see their family. Uh, a lot of times when they move in school in, in, in August, they don't get much time. So it, it is very good for us, obviously, to, to see our families, and at the same time, uh kind of to maybe uh have a restart uh with our with our with our program and uh and kind of get going a little bit and uh and continue to build as as we get into conference play
1: kyle with the with the loss um with the loss of tay hardy d do do you think that that is maybe a bigger impact than you maybe initially thought or where where are we in the team refinding itself without tay hardy
4: you know i think you're right on it kelly i think uh you know, we can kind of look at it in a couple of ways. When some people have asked me, I think we kind of have pre-Tay Hardy. I think we have post-Tay Hardy. And and I, and I think that couldn't be more of an ultimate compliment to the young man um, uh, uh, for what he brings to our program. And, and not only in a stat line what he brings to our program, but uh, in terms of uh, Tay's intangibles, his leadership every day. Uh, we refer to guys being everyday guys. And then and, and Tay was one of those. Uh, Tay put an enormous amount of time into, uh, into his individual game, and he really gave to our program in terms of uh, what he brought every day uh, to practice. So not only do we have those points and rebounds and, and uh, uh, things that he did on the floor, we also are trying to, re- trying to replace uh, by committee, so to speak, and, uh, and, or by somebody just stepping up and, uh, and replacing what he did off the floor as well, uh, in, in terms of his intangibles. So, so that it, that is, uh, that is something that was kind of a shock to our system when, when he goes down in Montana and, you know, that's then all of a sudden you're, you're having to kind of have some guys play some different roles and do some different things. And some of those guys in particular are young and that, uh, and that adjustment to division one is tough. Uh, but I think I, as you can see over time, as we kind of get into the post Tay Hardy, uh, part of it, uh, you know you can see some guys now uh, you know a six-point average year a four-point average year three-point average year by committee and, and we're getting to kind of cover up maybe Tay's statistical hole that we may have within our team so I think as time grows it, it kind of heals uh, heals the wound a little bit of, of, of losing a guy like Tay uh, we all wish him uh, uh, you know well in terms of him getting back to, to where he is but but our team our team is kind of, uh, over time, growing a little bit, and I think we can kind of see us kind of filling some of those numbers uh, that, that he left us with.
1: Yeah, still a very, very young team. I'm not sure you even have a senior on your roster. But one of the statistical uh, things that have stood out the past two or three games is, is turnovers. You guys just, we just had a really difficult time um, and I, passing you know, to corners where, where guys weren't even there, you know, just some, some mental lapses. And the points off of turnovers. Are we making progress there?
4: Yeah, you you hit on everything, Kelly. When you look at our team, I think we're improving in a lot of areas. I I think if you look at uh, Phil you know, we struggled offensively early. Uh, that's that's no secret to, to anybody that sees us or keeps up with stats. But uh, I think what you see is our, our field goal percentage is increasing and, and growing a little bit. But the one area that you brought out that we have to continue to improve on, and and, and actually, that uh, was one of Coach's main keys when we left the locker room. Uh, uh, you know, before the game and halftime uh, against East Carolina, but the the, the stat that we have to improve on is turning the ball over. And I'm going to steal a soccer term. You know, when you don't get a shot on goal, that's detrimental to you in terms of you know playing playing our game. Then you get into this one thing that you said there's there's a there's a dead ball turnover and then there's a live ball turnover and you know. You know we have a, we have a mistake and get off balance and the guy walks okay well, Kelly, you know the opposing team gets the ball, we get to set up and play. you know sometimes you can overcome those a little bit it puts a premium on defensive stops but but you know when we make some that are that are more or less bad decisions and we turn it over and it's called a live ball turnover, right. not only do we not get a shot on a goal, but it's hard to transition and get back and use the term what we say play five on five basketball now. Now they're an advantage disadvantage against us, and a lot of times those are those are converted into baskets, and uh, and those those have been not only the turnover stat been rough on us the last two or three games, but the points scored off turnovers have have been rough on us. And and you know we we went into halftime at East Carolina to talk about an in, in a, a certain game, and, and at East Carolina and, and we had turned it over uh, ten times I think a little bit too many at half. But we had uh, two turnovers in the first forty seconds. I mean, just some bad decision, just some freak little things. And then we only had one turnover in the next nineteen minutes and 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 obviously, as you know, we kind of you know we're 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 in control of the game or either once it once it got going, we got back in control of the game, however you want to look at it in that second half. So it's no doubt that that stat in, in any team sport, in particular our our sport of basketball, but any team sport that stat is huge and you know, if you if if, if we want to want to want to get to where we can win consistently, that obviously is is a stat that we've got to improve on. I think our guys are uh, cognizant of it. We're aware of it. We 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 you know we enforce it each day, and we're going to kind of continue that until it uh, until we get that cleaned up, Kelly. Well,
1: and you start conference play now, December thirtieth, actually, and then and then New Year's Day, an afternoon game where Southern Miss has two home games now in a row. Uh, unfortunately, it's against Western Kentucky. Who uh, by all by all accounts, and if you've seen Western Kentucky play, a really really good team, and then Marshall comes in after that, two teams with winning records, you're swimming in deep water real quick, coach.
4: Yeah, you know our our our, uh, our no, no better way to start off league play is a Kelly week, um, <laughs> you know, and and if you if you followed Western any at all, and you're a basketball fan, obviously there there's a there's a deep deep basketball tradition there, and anytime you're in the old bluegrass state, you know you got. You got some basketball tradition, but I mean, just what they've done recently. Uh, you know, they've beaten in-state, in-state uh, Ole Miss uh, in on a neutral court game uh, in Atlanta, and then obviously hosted Louisville and beat Louisville um, to uh, you know to kind of have a good start. And, and, and those that are paying close attention, Kentucky lost a lost a game with a COVID cancellation, and and they've got a game today, uh, so they're gonna they're gonna play Louisville in-state and Kentucky in-state. You know, kind of within about three days so you know that they, they will they will have uh you know uh, have played a a, a very good uh, brand of basketball obviously uh, when they come in here with with tradition and 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 talent so we'll we'll have to have uh, we'll have to get our guys back from christmas and have some great preparation days and get started uh, conference play brings a whole different dynamic in terms of preparation in terms of what you have to do and the way those games are viewed and how, how, how important all those possessions are. So, so it'll be good. Uh, we, we, we need to protect our home floor uh, and, uh, and get off to a great start in conference play, regardless of who we're assigned to play. And, and Western Kentucky and Marshall are two very, very good opponents.
1: Well, Coach, we're looking forward to it, man. Merry Christmas to you and the entire staff and the Eagle basketball squad. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Hopefully another couple of
2: victories under our belts.
4: Thank you so much, Kelly and Bob, Luke, everybody, for what you guys do. Appreciate you and enjoy your time.
2: All right, head uh, assistant basketball coach Kyle Roan, uh, Golden Eagles struggling, uh, as he said on the basketball floor. Probably the time off, uh, regroup a little bit and. I thought you said it well. They're in deep water right out of the gate. Uh, Rick Cleveland seemed to think they can win some of these conference games. Time will tell.
1: Well, I do have a friend that's dripping with COVID, uh, so maybe he could go hang out with the Western Kentucky guys at practices, (laughs) spread some love, so to speak. I don't know. Uh, Anything to help, you know.
2: Who would have thought here at the end of 2021 that we're starting to see cancellations of sporting events again?
1: And one of the things we'll talk about in the final segment when Luke rejoins us, now the college football committee has just ruled that if we get down to the final four and one of those teams has a COVID outbreak, they will allow the opposing team to advance in the playoffs, including the national championship if there's a COVID outbreak.
2: One last thought about it, just me thinking out loud, how can we be in a situation where American sporting events are being canceled but yet any and everybody can come into the country from the southern border unvaccinated, unchecked, make your way to any part of the country you want to live, whether you have COVID or not. It just seems like, well, this is a sports show, so let me regress.
1: Bob Getty, Fox News, you decide.
2: Let me regress. We'll be back.
0: To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Great Eagle Hour uh, today. If you missed uh, the early, earlier interviews with Rick Cleveland and Southern Miss assistant head coach for basketball, Kyle Rohn, you can always go back and check us out podcast or on demand, supertalk.fm. Also, Google Play. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Eagle Hour there for you 24 7. D Bat and D 1 Training bring you the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. Only got a couple days left to uh, go get some of uh, maybe uh, gifts with baseball bats, baseball gloves, softball bats and gloves, and great stocking stuffers. Some gift cards from D Bat and D 1 Training. Proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour located on Hardy Street in. Hattiesburg. All right. Uh, for Conference USA now, a losing record in uh, bowl games as UTSA lost their second game of the season last night. They fall to 24th ranked San Diego State by a score of 38 to 24 and UTSA ends the season at 12 and two. Conference USA, one more chance to get back to 500. This coming Thursday, tomorrow at 2.30 PM on ESPN, the Frisco football classic presented by Ryan. Probably the most normal bowl game that we've seen uh, so far. North Texas at six and six takes on uh, Miami, Ohio out of the MAC and North Texas ended the season on a five game winning streak. So looking uh, to go from, man, they only had as of, uh, like late October, they only had um, one win on the season. It kind of reminds you of Larry Fedora's first season at Southern Miss, but they'll take on Miami, Ohio tomorrow at 2.30. Right, guys, speaking of bowl games, as I bring Bob and Kelly back in, already uh, the Gator Bowl down a team as Texas A&M cannot take on Wake Forest, and they're just going to call it a season and finish at 8-4. and four. But right now the Gator Bowl is actively trying to replace uh Texas A&M with another team and one of the possibilities is this game's played on on New Year's Eve they might actually get a team that has already been uh has already played a bowl game um to to play uh, against Wake Forest Wake Forest 10 and 3 wants to uh to play in that game what do you think about that a, a team actually playing two bowl Who's games who is the team they, they don't know yet. They're just looking. One, a couple possibilities have popped up with, with Florida or, uh, central Florida, both of those teams. Well, let me play back tomorrow. you up.
2: Until, why is Texas A&M pulling out of the game? Why do you think? Because of COVID-19. Well, but, the, but that's on New Year's Eve. I mean, that's a week from now, right? Is it?
0: It's, it's a combination of season-ending injuries as well as COVID-19 issues within the program. And Texas A&M came out and said that they were not in a position to safely participate in the Gator Bowl.
1: Hey, here we go again. Three words about a potential team
2: to the top. Well, I don't think
0: super back (laughs) baby. I don't think we'll do it. Hey,
2: well, well, that's a new development there, isn't it? We we have some kids that could be sick in a week, and we have a lot of injuries, so we're just going to pull out of the bowl
1: Well, and again, the college. I mean, just breaking in the past 15 minutes, the college football committee has ruled that if any one of the the final four, so to speak, have a COVID outbreak, the team that they face. We'll win by forfeit. So there's a Crazy. possibility that you could have a national champion that would not even have to earn it on Well, if that happens, I
2: hope it's Cincinnati. I hope that they win the whole thing by forfeit. That would that really burn the Power Five, <laughs> wouldn't it? If they never played a game but won the national championship.
1: And, you know, just about everybody's pulling for Cincinnati. If you know, yeah. uh, Can Cincinnati
2: did, beat Alabama? No.
1: If Alabama <laughs> turns the ball over, <laughs> no, quite no. a bit. Cincinnati no. throws the ball a lot. You know, uh, which, no. and which Cincinnati are you talking about? The Bearcats or the Bengals? It doesn't the, matter. The, the, yeah, whichever, no, whichever team possibly is
0: impacted by COVID nineteen, <laughs> you know that Southern Miss will have more people on the depth chart under superback than uh, the 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 whole other team would have in actual players on the roster. Did
1: you guys so. did you guys happen to see the Boca Raton Bowl yesterday?
2: That gum. you know I missed that, and I've been planning on that for weeks. Well, Bob, Bob, was,
0: Bob was busy watching European soccer love, while the uh, the I love, I love, love the Bowls Netherlands. On. Well, let me
1: tell you something. You and about 30 million other people were not watching that game because I saw a crowd shot of that. And, I, you guys, I'm not kidding. There might have been 500 people there. In, you see that in a lot of bowl games. And, and, I know, but that's that goes back to the point I was making at the top of the show. The Jackson State fans and South Carolina State Fans. the the Atlanta Mercedes-Benz Dome was sold out. You could not get a ticket for that game. I watched that game. And it and would that,
0: be... that was that was an atmosphere. Yeah, yeah,
1: and and, and then because of course the son, the Sonic Boom of the South, you know, I mean everything I just man, I got handed to Jackson State, man. They they had a great year. The fans, you know, loved it, of course they were disappointed they didn't win that game, but wouldn't it be great if like um Rick Cleveland was talking about if if Southern Miss could get back to that type of fervor, where people were looking
2: winning, for- winning, winning,
0: winning, and and two, it's going to help that we can actually travel to these opponents now. Yes, I mean, it, agreed. It's what we've we've said over and over again.
2: Okay, well, that's going to be the last show of this week. Uh, we're going to have a repeat of Monday show on the air tomorrow. A couple of days off here for all Super Talk employees. Friday, all-day Christmas music uh, for about uh, 36 hours, I think. Maybe maybe longer than that. I think it starts at uh, maybe noon on Friday through midnight on Christmas night. Solid Christmas music on Super Talk. We'll be back uh, for shows next week. And uh, we just want to say Merry Christmas uh, to all of our listeners and all of our sponsors. And we're really hard to thank you enough for all you do to support the show. So Merry Christmas, and until next time. Southern Miss. To, the, to top. the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Oh, I want to fly like an eagle to the sea.